do not put that in the podcast. I will quit forever. everybody welcome to the bears and bruise podcast i am pam do i have to introduce myself Is that yes what that please <laughs> i'm Salome. hi everyone hi everybody uh it's just us two today because charlotte is running a half marathon in florida actually she ran it today oh my god how did i i didn't know that i feel stupid that's charlotte, why she went on the trip Oh, I thought she was just going to Disneyland, which is really cool, but I, or Disney World, whatever, yeah. which one's in Florida. Okay. Yeah. Disney World, which I thought was very cool, but I didn't know about the marathon part. That's, that's freaking awesome. Way to go, Charlotte. Yeah. Well, she did a 10K yesterday and the half what? marathon today. Yeah. So 19 point. Thanks for making me feel lazy. Two she miles said. in two days. Damn. That's yeah, awesome. So congratulations, Charlotte. Yeah. Um, great job. Uh, Charlotte is a Disney adult, which I used to not really understand, but you know, we've talked, Charlotte has that podcast, uh, good morning, especially, which is still going. Thankfully it was only going to be in January, but she's kept it going. And there is actually one episode about Disney adults and I fucking loved it. Uh, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I don't think it's weird anymore because now I understand. <laughs> and, and it is actually sweet and wholesome and, and good. So everybody should go Aww. listen to Charlotte's Good Morning, especially. So, um, all right. So, uh, Salome, before we get started, um, you have something to quote unquote announce. Why don't you go ahead and do it? What do you mean? Nice. Come through? Everybody, okay. that was Salome opening an alcoholic beverage for the oh recording. That is really good. When you said like, oh, I, you have an announcement, I was like, am I like doing something that I didn't know about? <laughs> am no, I going, I probably should have am I going to Disneyland? You know, you know why I don't tell you guys a lot of stuff beforehand? Because I don't think of it until we're in the moment. So <laughs> there's, I can't tell I like you beforehand. It. Well, I, I think I've mentioned it before, but I, I just like being surprised. And I, it's, you know, when you're like a kid and people buy you presents and you don't know what the presents are and you don't have to like buy presents for yourself. Yes. Um. Now we have Amazon and we just buy ourselves stuff all the time. But anyway, it kind of, it just reminds me of that feeling of like just happy little surprises. Yeah. But, oh, for um, sure. We should probably say, should I say what I'm drinking? Because it's Hell delicious. Hell yeah. Do it. Um, so both can I say both of us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can talk Bro, about you yours. You can in a say second. whatever you want. <laughs> We're both drinking ciders from High Point Cider. Mine is called Spur, which the description is a semi-dry ginger session. Ooh, session! I noticed on the back that it has some really cool information. It has a little diagram so you can tell, like, how dry, sweet, or tart it is, which I love. I love the style of the diagram and also that they have it because. I don't know that much about cider and I prefer something a little bit sweeter. So that means I can pick one that I will like. And then it has instructions. How to start a hard, hard cider company. One, quit your job. Two, convince your brother to quit his job. And three, craft the best damn cider in the Tetons, which I love so much. 
Yes. And it's delicious. So Yeah. Uh, I was there on Friday night for a fundraiser for the um, wildlife rehab that I volunteer at. We love High Point because not only... So even the sweet ones, if you look at the ingredient list, what does it say? Mine just says like apples. Let's see. 100% fresh pressed apples and then one other ingredient, which is ginger. Yep. Literally two ingredients. Yep. That is so cool. Yep. Mine is just apples. That's all that's in mine. (laughs) You were ripped off, Pam. No, no, no. My point is... And and we're not sponsored or paid by them or anything like that. But um, not yet. They do. <laughs> I love them because their shit is amazing. First of all, and it's made locally in Victor, Idaho. And every Friday night they do bingo and they highlight a different nonprofit in the area to raise money for. That is so cool. Yeah. So we are both drinking High Point Ciders. I'm very excited that we're both drinking. <laughs> um, I have the bear fact today. This is a crazy bear fact. I had no idea about this. Okay, so um, Asiatic black bears, they actually build nests in trees. Nests? To, nests in trees to sleep in and, like, sun themselves in. Aww. And also in certain areas because of tigers i freak okay so that's weird to me i didn't realize that there were areas where tigers and bears came into contact with each other do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because that's i mean here we obviously in the u.s we don't have tigers like uh we don't (laughs) so it's just it's a weird thought because in my mind i'm kind of like oh bears are our like big predators here you know well one one of them but one of the the big ones and yeah gosh that's crazy yeah, yeah. in certain areas yes. in uh south asia but um because tigers are the apex predator there oh and really? if you remember asiatic black bears are actually pretty small uh and so they are prey or they can be prey that's crazy. for tigers yeah isn't that crazy they literally it build. Is. it's not like how a bird builds a nest but they will literally build like these day beds in a fucking tree which Aww. i'm like i'm on board with like i want to go oh, take yeah. a nap in a tree i uh i napped today so i support that i support I did bears. Not, but i didn't get out of bed till 11 it's um <laughs> so. i don't recommend taking like an hour-long nap in the middle of a sunday uh it was supposed to be 20 minutes and then i kept resetting my alarm not a good idea yeah. If you're a bear, for sure do it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 Um. All right. Before we kind of explain how this episode's going to go, I just want to give a little update. Um, last week, we were talking about wolves, and we were talking about the wolves in Colorado and their protections um, or lack thereof. So we talked about how um, a couple states have those agreements with Colorado to uh, – kind of trap and return the wolves to them if they if they wander uh so only utah arizona and new mexico have those agreements wyoming will literally they refuse to even sit down and talk about it with colorado they won't even have an open conversation about it can i say wyoming in terms of like wildlife and environmentalism and all of that shit sucks get it together wyoming I mean, kind of, but if you but if you look at it, I mean, the majority of Yellowstone is in Wyoming, right? And 
Jackson isn't like there are places in Wyoming. It's like, so it's a lot like Montana in that it's so polarized. I feel like there is no middle ground. You have a shitload of people who are major environmentalists and you have a shitload Mm -hmm. of people that are the, you know, on the other end. I was talking to uh, my dad about this recently because he's from Montana. He was born in Bozeman and grew up in Eastern Montana. Um, and he oh, that's was quite talking, a difference. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, he was talking about because um, he like, he loves a lot of things about Montana. Like he, uh, what would you call it? Like geographically, I don't know. Topography? Topologically, yeah. Topologically. <laughs> Oh, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> no. Anyway, he loves so many things about Montana, but he was talking about how it's frustrating because um, one end is very, you know, generally kind of conservative when it comes to stuff like that, and the other end is like more liberal. Mm-hmm. And so he said you often just have um, representatives from one side of the state and representatives from another side of the state, and they just cancel each other out. And he's like, it's just, it's so yeah. You don't get anything done. Like, futile, yeah. And and he's um. So he he drives an electric car, and he took it to Montana, and he had quite a few people that were like, "You're ruining our lives because they've been, from their point of view, it's like oil and gas industry is like our livelihood kind of thing." Um, and then they've also just been fed a bunch of bullshit. So yeah, they they, it's an interesting kind of polarized state that way. Absolutely. And, and I don't want to discount the fact that, you know, and this is definitely a a broader conversation um, with a lot of opinions, but I don't want to discount the fact that a lot of people's livelihoods are based on the oil and gas industry. You know, I don't want somebody to become unemployed and not be able to feed their kids, right? That's, that's not when we like bash on you know, rancher, and we don't even fully bash on ranchers, right? Like when we, but when we bash on people whose views are like that, it's not that we are wanting them to not be successful or not be able to feed their families or whatever. It's that there are better ways to do things. And just because you're in that industry now doesn't mean you can't move to a different one. There's certain legislation that's been brought up to um, help transition people away from those industries um, yes. to like renewable energy industries. Um, and a lot of it is just like just written off by kind of extremists, but it really is, it's kind of like, Hey, environmentally, like for the planet, for, for the future of the human race, we need to make these changes. Um, how do we do that and keep people employed and keep people safe at the same time and like ease that transition. So it's just like, you know, what we were talking about in this week's microbrewing, you know, mm-hmm. there are things in play to make up for that, right? And sure. and helps continue to benefit those people. So, you know, I just, I really want to make that clear. I'm not trying to put ranchers out of business, you know, when we say different things like that, that there's, there's ways to make things work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Also, another thing real quick is that the Colorado wolves, um, they are actually federally protected. Um, So they're considered endangered. So, okay, wolves, gray wolves in America are endangered on the endangered species 
list, except for wolves in the northern Rockies. So for whatever reason, they don't consider Colorado part of the northern Rockies, quote unquote. I think Colorado is like uh, whatever Florida is considered, right? Same part of the U.S. <laughs> yeah, but but um, they have a little asterisk next to theirs. So they're considered endangered, but experimental. And that lets Colorado parks and wildlife have a little bit more leeway in their decision making, which I support that uh, kind of handoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something that I just want to point out. So we, when we did that microbrew in a few months ago about the Colorado wolf release, uh, we did it kind of as they were being released. So it's been two months so far, and there has been zero livestock depredation by those wolves. That's awesome. So go Colorado <laughs> wolves. Seriously, I, I'm so excited about that. Um, okay, so uh, if you guys couldn't tell by my subpart editing uh, on last week's <laughs> episode, which was called uh, We Cracked Me Up, we ended up recording for so goddamn long that I we just had to cut it off halfway through editing. So what you guys are going to hear today is the second half of the conversation. So um, in this conversation, we're going to talk about uh, how the wolves have changed the ecosystem. Um, and some of that is up for debate. We'll have uh, probably a, a, another microbrewing coming after that uh, because I've just been doing some deep diving into the you know hardcore evidence behind how much wolves have contributed versus other things going on. Mm-hmm. And you know, there is definitely some debate, but um, yeah. So you, we don't have Charlotte right now because we're we're just re-recording our, our intro, but uh, you will have her for the rest of this episode. <laughs> so, all right, everybody, um, sit back with your campfires if it's still burning <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, enjoy hearing grab about what wolves, yeah, grab a cider uh, and enjoy hearing about what wolves do to help ecosystems. Uh, Let's talk about how the ecosystem has changed. Like I've said before, I have, you know, I've been in like webinars and different kind of things where literally the guy who studies aspen trees in the park has said this video, while the results have happened, we can't say they're all because of the wolf, right? There's a longer growing season you know, there's a couple other things that might be impacting it, but a huge, huge uh, contributor is the wolf. And I'm I'm actually going to link um, a couple different articles about wolf reintroduction and some studies that were done. Um, so we talked in Microbrewing 10, a doe harvest. We talked a little bit. <laughs> I can't not think of you that are gonna- now. You have got to switch the names, the titles of these episodes at some point, because you're not going to be able to remember what each one's about. No, I put it, I have it. I have a list. I don't remember what it's about. I just remember that Pam's going to get laid and then call it that. It's the Pam getting laid episode. I should be more specific. Yeah, I'm like, Yeah, but then I did, I did get laid like two weeks after and I didn't call it yeah, a Yeah, so harvest. you need to get laid again oh, so that My you can call it biggest regret in life. Okay, <laughs> uh, so we, in that episode, we talked a little bit about ungulates in Yellowstone very, very briefly because we were mostly talking about Colorado. But 
the elk were like out of control, destroying everything, right? We talked about there was like 30,000 in the park and one herd in itself had 20,000. They were doing year-round hunts. They were doing antlerless hunts. So they were doing all these things and, and it wasn't helping, right? And so we talked about like trophic cascades. It's important to remember that trophic cascades, there's a lot going on, right? And so even though there's a lot that has been beneficial in Yellowstone, not all of it is because of wolves, but um, an analysis of over 24 different studies over a 15-year period has basically confirmed that wolves and their influence on elk are a major reason for the recovery of aspen trees that have been declining for decades in Yellowstone. That's so cool. And I will like, link that again. We did link it on, it's in our sources on that microbrewing 10, but I'll put it again on this. Wolves are a keystone species. They affect, they their influence touches every part of the environment. You remove a wolf, you got a problem. So that's also why we should be focusing on a healthy population. Yep. I mean, how many times have we said, oh, you don't like coyote? Like, we, we say it, I feel like every single thing we fucking talk about on this show, so you can fucking tie a wolf in somehow. Yeah. The, you know, we've said it before, the elk populations are healthier because not only are they, you know, taking out that unhealthy, but they are separating those large herds so the diseases don't spread. Uh, the ones that are still alive are craftier, smarter, faster. You know, um, and, and wolves hunt the exact opposite type of elk that humans hunt. Why are you having trouble not laughing at me right now, Solomon? <laughs> sorry, I, th- I thought you, I thought you didn't. I'm do very that. into it. Is um, that it why? looked like you were like rapping. You're like and smart, and it was like this whole like hand gesticulation. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm I'm gonna give you guys an example. Um, in this last microbrewing the one from uh let's see what would that have been oh 12 so in microbrewing 12 charlotte so graciously sung two beavers are better than one from how <laughs> I your mother are better than one so let's talk about beavers um okay. so in <laughs> 1995 the yeah there was one beaver colony in the entire 2.2 million acre park That's and now insane Right now, because of the reduction in overgrazing, there are over nine. Aww. And beaver why are colonies. beavers important? Well, I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why there are nine now. So beavers need these riparian areas, which saw may remember what's a riparian area? The area around the river, the ecosystem. Yes, hell yeah. So beavers need like the willow and the aspen and the cottonwoods, which were being way overgrazed, right? And beavers especially rely on willow in winter. So they either died or left the park. Um, But here's the interesting thing. So when willows specifically were in the worst possible shape in the park, the elk population was actually only one third what it is now. So even though elk populations are higher now, Willows are also healthier. That's interesting. Do you guys want to guess why? We've talked about it before. Wolves. Yeah, but why? (laughs) That's cheating. So there's more elk now than when willows were in their worst shape ever. Is it? They're still in great shape, but there's more elk now, and the willows are doing better. Oh, because the elk have to move around more, so they're not grazing in one spot more. 
Yes, exactly. I didn't think about that. Way to go, Charlotte. Bonus points. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) As we've talked about, they fragment out these herds and they keep them on the move. So they're not able to overgraze these spots anymore. So so amazing. Look at wolves go. You win like a, I don't know, matcha frap or whatever. I'll send you a... I'll send you awesome, a little, thanks. I don't know, six bucks. Okay. So by changing, by changing the hydrology of rivers, or yeah, remember we called them um, ecosystem engineers, mm-hmm. little yes. beavers. So the they little have hats. like, Sorry. yes, and little hammers and little. We need that. I, I need that vests. on a sweater. Charlotte is really good at like making stickers and shit. Can you Charlotte, make some shit for us? Please put it on yeah. a tablet. Yeah, we she's really merch. good at it. I'll we send you merch. the ideas that I have that mostly came okay. from you, but. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't actually remember many of them. No, I wrote them all down. So they change the river hydrology, right? And so they help even out spring runoff. Um, they help actually store water for replenishing the water table by building their little dams. And they provide like perfect habitats for certain fish. And, and the willows that are around now provide habitat for songbirds and, and food source for moose, which we're going to talk and- about. In this just is thanks to wolves and beavers and wolves' effects for the beavers. So cool, right? And so, and so, what we have here, our fish are helping with like insect populations and shit, right? And they, in turn, are a reliable food source for osprey, bald eagles, the occasional grizzly. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of a, a lot of this just insane interconnectedness since we've had wolves back and another way that they've helped with the biodiversity is increasing this food availability for other species so everything from like worms and beetles to fucking grizzly bears and mountain lions benefit from wolf kills Um, black bears wolverines lynx um, coyotes bobcats foxes eagles ravens magpies i could just go fucking on and on i could turn into a rap song um, do it then. <laughs> Fucking do it. <laughs> no, please do that. It would not shock me if we reintroduced wolves. Like if 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 there was some mass reintroduction of wolves, right? And done responsibly in a way that allowed wolves to, you know, start thriving within 10 years. Um, it would not shock me if our climate change like started <laughs> getting not quite as bad. Like slowing the rate of badness. Yeah, I'm sure. That's well, there's a, a lot way of ways. Of that, but. No, there's a lot of ways that we don't even realize yet. Like there are so many ways in. So in 1995 and 96, when these 31 wolves were set loose in Yellowstone, even experts in the Wolf Project did not see a lot of this coming. They didn't see it coming with the beavers, or the osprey, or the trout. Like they didn't see it coming with the moose, which I want to talk about next. Like. All of the, and there's still so much we don't quite get, right? Or, or not, not that we don't get, but we have not been able to effectively observe. Wait, so we don't like foresee how populations are doing in the foreseeable future and know what's going to happen. Is that what you're saying? Look, that was robust modeling. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want to do like a brief thought experiment about how wolves could potentially help climate change. And I promise I will keep it brief. But, okay, let's think about wolves help trees, right? We know this. And they keep overgrazing from happening. Yeah. 
can we turn that into a microbrewin? Yes. We each do yes. a little bit of research and come to the microbrewin with our yes. own arguments for or against. Wait, this is nice because yes. in this scenario, I, I don't have you... to do research. So, yes, just no, it... okay, just kidding. You will. No, no, I'm, I'm happy to. I'm just wondering. Wolves, we know that wolves help over grazing problems, which helps uh, the health of trees. What do trees do? They take carbon dioxide out of the air and put oxygen back into the air. What is one of the greenhouse gases? Carbon dioxide, which increases the, the increase of carbon dioxide increases temperature, right? So it would not... and. If you look at the wolf's historic range, it's basically the entire country. If we reintroduced wolves throughout the entire country, it would not, you know, I'm not saying this would definitely happen, but it wouldn't shock me if we saw healthier tree populations and healthier water populations because it health, you know, we know that wolves help rivers. Um, and water is, um, by keeping water around that is a source of um cooling the air too out of her ass sorry talking. i know i'm like making this shit up <laughs> no, i'm I... loving just watching but i'm like... watching the cogs in your brain <laughs> but like i could see it slowing the rate of climate change i have already figured out the argument i will bring to that microbrewing and i'm not going to tell you guys Damn. but I'm i just had to sorry i had to get that on my head no i'm gonna tell you the one I'm going to look up, but I'm going to tell you guys, and you can fight over this one or you both do it, whatever. But uh, <laughs> s water is a huge carbon storage system. Yeah. So you could use that as part of your argument. That's not what I'm going to use, but you could, someone of you could use. Yeah. It would keep the the temperature down and also store yeah, a bunch of Yeah, I am assigning a homework project I'm sorry okay. that I'm going to make you guys do something. Do I get a degree out of this? Will I get graded? I'll do it if I no. have the, Oh, okay. Well, I need I need motivation. You got to like... <laughs> Salome wants affirmation. Um, sorry, you have to do a little bit of research. And, unless and I can get an A plus. prepared. I'm not okay, you do don't it. tell us what the show is about. How can we come prepared <laughs> when you don't tell us what the fucking show is about? I know, and I do that on purpose. Oh, <laughs> no, I love that idea, and I totally agree. And I think That'd I'm already fun. thinking of ways that they could totally help out. But I want to pull some data and like pull some data. Out Maybe of that ass. episode Just will be the one to go viral. <laughs> pull some data out of my ass. Oh. Fight ass facts with ass facts. Yes. <laughs> Fight ass facts with ass Okay, so one of it was like the third or fourth time I ever went to Yellowstone. It was in the winter. It was with my ex's mom. He was out of town, so I was like, "Oh, hey, I'm gonna take your mom. We're gonna go on a snow coach tour." <laughs> That's cool. So I would do that if I knew a if I had a mother in law. I like, yeah, I don't no, think she's I've ever had. That no, you guys, she's the fucking best. We used to go hiking together. Wait, she is without That's like awesome. present I love that. tense is. I haven't seen her in a couple years because I moved here, but even after I moved out and we totally, like, went our separate ways, we'd still, like, go to lunch. Like, we'd really? play racquetball together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. What a yeah. cool lady. That's awesome. Oh, she's super cool. Um, it was my first winter trip to the park, and it was only maybe my second or third trip to Yellowstone, and we did a snow coach tour. Um, and I remember I asked the guy – if we would see any moose 
And he literally, our tour guide, he literally fucking laughed. And he was like, you're not going to see any of those uh, ever since wolves were reintroduced. And he said it so fucking snooty. What a great tour guide. An asshole. And, okay. So he doesn't even know anything. What What's he guiding for? Well, yeah. I mean, absolutely. And at that point, like, I had only been, that was like my second year i think my first trip to the park was a year and a half before that it was we went in january 2011 and i had become so obsessed with yellowstone so fast i mean obviously i didn't i didn't know shit compared to what i know now but but i i did know quite a lot you knew what you were talking about still yeah and i knew that the majority of elk's diet was or sorry the majority of wolves diet was elk like moose in the park are like one percent of a wolf's moose diet. are mean. Why the fuck would you attack a moose and hunt a moose when you could get an elk that is smaller and not as like aggressive? Well, yeah, and I mean, one of the main reasons why moose aren't aren't a big source for wolves is uh, for that reason, right? They're big, they're healthy, they're strong. They do sometimes take their calves, but honestly, grizzlies take more moose and elk calves than wolves. Grizzlies are the I believe that the number one for those. But yeah, and so he, you know, he said that super snarky, and I remember thinking, okay, well, ninety four percent of a and and then it was ninety four percent. Now it's closer to like eighty nine, but ninety four percent of a wolf's diet is elk, and less than one percent is moose. And I just remember. <laughs> kind of immediately writing him off and and what he's not wrong about is that the moose population did have a dramatic decrease but it did not coincide with wolf reintroduction it coincided with the 1988 fires and that was only the second time yes or sorry the third time the park has ever been fully evacuated i don't know i don't think fires really affect wildlife you guys i think that's pretty like that's a (laughs) far so so these fire this was the first or yeah the first time the park was completely evacuated and it ended up being a big complex it burned eight hundred thousand acres in the park not that many right and a total of 1.4 million acres in the gye jesus oh my god charlotte actually do you remember our first time we went there was that fire by Lone Star Geyser and like a bunch Hell of yeah, I got some awesome photos. Oh my god, I got god. some awesome wild or er, photos from those fires, even though it was sad. Yeah, they had part of the road to Canyon closed at that time because that chemical spill from that truck crash. Like people could only get out two different ways. Like I'm so glad we were staying in the park that time. Yeah, that was oh a same. Nightmare, Is it but... bad? I hope that tour guide got like his ass kicked by a moose, just a little bit. <laughs> Like, oh, there's no Same. moose, and then a moose just comes out and is like, fuck you, bro. Like, fuck you. Yes, I I'm exist, right here. asshole. The tour was out of West Yellowstone, and there's a fuckload of moose in West Yellowstone and Island Park. But so this fire in 1988, which was a bunch of fires that turned into a complex fire, it burned a lot of the aspens and willows, which, as we know, moose need to survive. Right. And because of Yellowstone's super ashy soil, it doesn't get a lot of that like fresh woody growth right after a forest fire. It gets a lot of the evergreen growth, but not a lot of that super leafy type of shit that a moose would want. Makes sense. Exactly. So we're having, so from then on till now, we basically just had to kind of wait for shit to grow back. Right. And so the last official. Yellowstone Park Service count of moose was in 96. 
almost 30 fucking years ago. Okay, so you obviously cannot trust that. The the year after wolves were reintroduced, right? And it was the best research that we currently have available. What was the wording? Well, inside the park, we have a lot in the the ecosystem as a whole, right? We know there's about eight or 900 moose in the GYE as a whole. uh, And that's a recent number. But so the last official count was in 96 and they counted about 200. But based on DNA analysis of fecal samples... Salome, mm, some yeah. butt stuff. Yeah. Uh, I know this is where you're going to perk up, get all excited. Um, <laughs> got my attention. Eagle, right? yeah. I'm wired. Yep. So they're estimating that the population is growing by about 4% a year inside the park based on these DNA analysis of fecal samples. Yeah, but did they but interview awesome. that, that one that tour guide? Because. and 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 i've said this before but like anecdotally since my first trip to yellowstone 15 years ago i have seen so many more moose and in areas that i never ever would have expected like charlotte when we went that one may we saw what four on that hillside by round prairie that's fine there's a fuckload around there but when we first went in september and it was hot as fuck and the lone star fire was going on remember we saw that moose at um at phantom lake that bull moose yes in the fucking woods and there are so many moose now in that area in general uh i have seen i've seen them swimming in floating island lake i've seen them sharing floating island lake with the bison this is so cute i have seen four of them at once in one area by petrified tree um one time through my scope i had elk mule deer or no sorry elk white-tailed deer and moose by the bear den by that black bear den i had them all in my scope at once like all of these things and yeah i'm going to the park more but i was still going to the park a fuckload before yeah you were you're someone who would account for that too yeah and like based on the people i know and you know things in the area that that's the general kind of you know feeling but that being said i am all about hard facts so while i enjoy seeing them much more often and much more spread out i do think it's fucking well past time for the park to do an official count i mean 30 years ago 30 years is a lot yeah and all the 31 wolves you know in that first two years it's like yeah, 95, 96, and the last wolf count was, or the last moose count was 96. I've actually also seen moose now multiple times out by the lake. Like these places where it's like, I never fucking would have thought we would see moose here. And they're spreading, and there's more of them. And that's, you know, because of beavers. And that's, beavers are because of wolves. And like, I love how excited you look right now. Like, this is like your passion. <laughs> Like it's the cutest so thing excited. ever. Like you're just like it's like like it's like the most like happy like just genuine thing. It's awesome. Wolves are awesome. Yeah. Wolves are Wolves fucking do cool. so much amazing Wolves stuff. And and what they do is really cool. So um, next time we cover wolves. Uh, which I think will probably be in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm gonna have Jeff on the show, and we're gonna talk to him. Um, he is an ungulate hunter. I'm interested to talk to him. Yes. Um, Yeah, and he's actually coming up here. Uh, I'm going to take them to Yellowstone again uh, in a few months. Nice. So 
That's okay. So I didn't go super deep into wolf reintroduction because there's so much out there that does, right? We've talked about the Wolf Connection podcast. They've got great people on there. There's a ton of books, just a ton of shit on it, but that's kind of the overview and, and the good that it's done. Um, Again, I want to plug Decade of the Wolf by Doug Smith and Gary Ferguson. Um, if you want to know, you know, I, I think that's probably the best source for reintroduction. And then American Wolf by Nate Blakesley. I'm plugging that again. I'll plug it every fucking time. My final thoughts are just what I've been saying throughout this episode that I really would love to see. I really would love to see a wider wolf intro- reintroduction program throughout the country. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's very important to ecosystems and it's very important to a lot of things that are going on. And it's very important to my daily life because they are really also, fucking fun to watch. I feel like once you know about wolves, you can't not be a wolf person. Like you might not be like one of the diehard wolf people, but like, you can't not respect like, like your friend who's going to come on the podcast says, I didn't like wolves until I learned about them. Now yes. I like them because they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's very much like, yeah, they belong on the landscape. I'm excited to talk to him. That'll be interesting. Well, I think we as humans, not necessarily us three, but we in general need to support those people who are in the middle and recognize that they are different than the others and they are on the right track and like yes if you're going to go shoot coyotes please be like jeff right don't be like these other people because that's we can't stop people from shooting coyotes right we can't stop people from shooting wolves and so if we can champion the people who you know have logic behind things or have restraint or like like I know it sucks and I know we want everybody to be on the same page as us, but that's not realistic. And I'm not saying that at you. I'm just saying that in general. Like that's a really good point. Well, also we're not going to make progress with them. Exactly. We We need to celebrate the people who are willing to learn and be better, even if they're not where we want them to be. For sure. Yeah. Um, All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this crazy wolf ride. Um, We really do like, we are definitely open to, you know, alternate opinions and, and we, you know, we love to, (laughs) Salome's shaking her head. We love to, you know, respectfully and logically talk, you know, if you have logic and reason behind your opinions, I have no right to, you know, say they're not valid by any means. We right? will hear you out. For we sure. will hear you out, even if you know I turn and say, "Well, that's bullshit." At least I heard you out. Pam will hear yeah, you exactly. out. <laughs> so follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Bears and Brews Podcast. You can email us at Bears and Brews Podcast at gmail And I just want to remind you guys to like rate review subscribe and share this show and this episode if you feel like you learned something and you know someone who could learn a thing or two um or share to your story on instagram we love that um we love that and shares really mean so much especially to help grow the podcast and get in a, get it in front of new listeners who maybe don't know stuff yet and uh who could stand to learn a thing or two send it to all of your stupid friends <laughs> If you care about wildlife, 
then give us a share because that'll help other people care about wildlife. So thank you so much. We really appreciate your support. And thank you, Christian Mills, for the music. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.